Hello, and welcome to the BPL Podcast. My name is Josh, and in this episode, we're going to focus on local music by the Largemouth Brass Band. You're now listening to the song, Night Lightning. This is a track from their latest record, Repilot. Starting in Athens, Ohio, relocating to Columbus, their innovative and fresh original music is inspired by everything from New Orleans traditional jazz to funk, pop, and hip-hop. In addition to creating original music, the band is also heavily engaged in educating and inspiring the next generation of musicians. Without further ado, my conversation with a large mouth brass band. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and say what you do in the band? I'm Frankie, and I play saxophone with Largemouth Brass Band. And I'm Seth, and I play drums with Largemouth. And so there's six others of you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have two saxophones, two trumpets, two trombones, a sousaphone, and drums. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Um, that's a lot of people. So it is. Did you like look to have a group that big, or was it just you guys all met and liked each other and was like, we need to make music together? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't like any of them. So, uh. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the original lineup was this as well. It hasn't really changed. The people in terms have of changed. Num- the people have changed, but the, the instrumentation has always stayed the same. Yeah, okay. and it's actually a fairly popular instrumentation. In terms of like brass bands, brass bands, it's like a thing. I don't know how, for how long it's been a thing, but definitely New Orleans, obviously being the roots of all that, and not necessarily. I mean, every time I talk to either all the members of the of the group, like Will mm-hmm. or anyone, he's always like introducing to you a new brass band. He's like, "Guess what the instrumentation is? Yeah. Guess who those drums mm. are? Like the exact, almost exact, like carbon copy." Sometimes I think the saxophone is the one that gets less doubling because mm-hmm. they want more brass mm-hmm. or they'll have multiple drummers or something like it's, it's, if anything, this is on the small end of brass bands, yes. which is why we have to really work hard to make it work. <laughs> but yeah. Interesting. And then, so where did you guys all meet? Athens, Ohio. Yeah, we were all students at Ohio University. Um, and then the school of music, the school of music. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would credit, the, the start of it to two goofballs. Two goofballs. Who, one of them had a bunch of experience traveling around Europe and just like a ton of experience like playing in bands, putting a band together. Mm-hmm. The other one was a mastermind of like arrangements and just like kind of envisioning this. And he also was friends with uh, um, and went to school with some of the members of what's called the No BS Brass Band. Mm-hmm. And the two of them kind of, uh, we were actually all, everyone except the sousaphone player, were, we were in the, the Jazz Ensemble One mm-hmm. at OU. And they kind of just like pick and choose like people that were like kind of sticking out or the people that they kind of vibed with. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, asked everybody. The first trumpet player did leave shortly, I don't know, like six months into being in the band huh? so we were kind of down to seven for yeah, a while something like that which is how subs started working oh, yeah. and then we have created sort of a network of subs uh which is easier in columbus than it is in athens ohio oh yeah but uh yeah so the original cast has changed we are actually the two remaining original we are the members. only original members currently wow yeah. yeah wow yeah and so the move to columbus was that like everybody collectively agreed like we're all going to move or was it just kind of uh oh a couple of us come up and then yeah, a was, couple more come or 
Yeah, it was, it was kind of a split. There was about a year, I think 2019. That sounds was right. a split year where yeah. she was going to grad school. At OSU. You were already here, right? And I had, well, I had really moved the same summer. Uh-huh. Um, who else was here? I think that, I think that was, was that it. Was that it? Was it just the two of us? And then there were like six down in Athens. And then eventually, I think the next year around... Oh, yeah. That's when people started all, leaving. Yeah. We also, and, like, other people graduated from OU. Graduated. They finished their master's or undergrad, and they Then they went, went on, somewhere else. Yeah. They went on to either other degrees or moved somewhere else. And we had still two of the original members. So there uh-huh. were, like, there was a year that there was, like, four and four new people. Yeah. Four old, four new. Mm. And then... Yeah, we just now started... changing more. <laughs> yeah, we just started finding some Columbus cats, and... Yeah. It's... It's funny to think about the different phases of largemouth, but um, yeah, there's kind of the original lineup and just like playing on the streets in Athens and mm-hmm. trying to get dive bar gigs and stuff, and you know, sort of making a little bit of cash or just like no cash, yeah, no, not none. not really. If, if we're being honest, it was like it was like not really anything. And then there was a year of transition. It was like, oh, this could be a thing, and Columbus likes yeah, us. Yeah, trying and we're to find our way there. Yeah. yeah. You hit on a couple things. Um, one is kind of the traditional New Orleans jazz group. So when I saw a picture of you guys, I was thinking that you were, guys were just a traditional New Orleans jazz band. And I listened to the album, Repilot, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no, this it's is not that. It's not that. <laughs> there's not, there's you know? one track that we've done that, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And a, so our listeners heard Night Lightning at the top of the episode. And there are things that sound familiar to that traditional jazz mm-hmm. thing. Like there's counter melodies, there's improvisation. I think the trombone and sax like improvise at the same time, mm-hmm. which is like a very traditional jazz thing. Mm-hmm. And there's like a call and response. So in your eyes, obviously you guys don't see yourself as that. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the main differences for the listeners, you know, who are looking to, you know, uh, Think about the traditional jazz band and what it actually is on its own and what separates you guys. Yeah. The most obvious thing that separates us is that we are less mobile, but we've been definitely early on and even up and still today, but now it's more rare. We play mobile gigs and we have to like sort of, Mm -hmm. it feels like we're posing as the traditional New Orleans brass band, Mm -hmm. but if that's what we can do and we know how to do it, if it's for like, you know, a 20 minute thing or whatever we, we like, which is actually what we did a couple weekends ago. <laughs> it's really, it's really easy. And, you know, new basics is a good example of this because they have like everyone else taken this tradition and just sort of molded into their own shape and they can be mobile. Mm-hmm. They're playing tribute to this or homage, homage to this uh, tradition, this longstanding tradition. But we have, I think from I don't know, our first or second year when we actually did a parade, mm-hmm. we've not done one yeah. <laughs> in a long time. And it's yeah. not, we're now just becoming more of a stage band, I think mm-hmm. is the most obvious thing. Yeah, we, I think we're being, we're sticking with the stage band because that feels more true to who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what the music we're playing, it's, you know, we used to play more traditional New Orleans bops, but like, I don't know. We just, we had a discussion like that just doesn't really feel like who we are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, and we have some amazing writers that, oh my gosh. like Yeah. This, they, the, whatever they brought to the table was just like, man. So good. Yeah. We're, we don't feel like we're doing 
the what's called second line music. We just didn't feel like we were doing it justice. Yeah, and there's like folks like New Basics definitely do it justice, yes. and that's mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, oh, we play one or two second line tunes in a set, and everyone loves, loves it. it. So it's either that we dive in all the way and do it almost all the time mm-hmm. or we shouldn't do it yeah. <laughs> and really at this point we have one original tune that has that kind of vibe mm-hmm. and it's like okay we can pull this out of, of the hat every now and then because it is mm-hmm. a thing that people i think expect mm-hmm. and also people really enjoy it's danceable it's mobile mm-hmm. but uh, it's also from a different standpoint yeah and so for our listeners the traditional kind of new orleans jazz group was a part of like a parade, yeah. right? And yeah, so that's what you line. talk about, you yeah. know, being mobile. So what are the challenges for your group? Because sousaphone is like a, a traveling instrument, <laughs> right. you know, you, right. can, well, yeah. you can walk it, you know, trumpet, saxophones, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So is it just drums then for you guys that it's like... <laughs> You know, um, you can't carry you on a cart or something like that. Or like, it is, it is definitely. I mean, for me, it changes the whole sure. sound of everything I'm doing because I'm limited to like a snare drum and if I have a little splash cymbal attachment or some tambourines or something. But it and I have to play entirely different, mm-hmm. um, and that does feel like I'm playing in a marching band. And it's like, well, this is not what I've been playing for every single song. So we actually, it's not really possible for me personally to play really most of our original songs without, without a drum set. Absolutely not. And, and since we've dove into the original music, we're like, well, so that's not our thing anymore. Yeah. And, and we love second line music. We like still every year that Mardi Gras comes around, we have a show and we'll play those tunes. We played a show with New Basics the last time Mardi Gras was a thing in 20... It was That's right. It was That, that was our last show. No, it was 2020 in February. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was God. our last show before the pandemic went down. Mm-hmm. We like, played at uh, Cafe Bourbon Street and The Summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and New Basics was next door, and we took the crowd next door to, ca- to Cafe Bourbon Street. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, so it's something that... I think that we just decided to stop doing as heavily, even though, yeah, you look at the poster and we just have to make sure. Yeah. It's also like we're taking from that tradition regardless because of the the trading, the soloing. So it's, it's like that we've taken these jazz traditions and we've taken uh, more like rock and pop stage abilities and kind of fuse them together and, and, and what I'm trying to coin the term as brass funk. Brass funk. Because it is basically funk music instrumentally by brass instruments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is some singing and some, you know, some other stuff that's going on. But, yeah. I think it's safe to say that if you've never heard us before and you just see us getting on stage, and like I think people genuinely have no idea what they're about to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like either... They maybe know something mm-hmm. or they've been to New Orleans once and they're mm-hmm. like, oh man, this is going to be exactly what I like. Right. This is going to be trombone shorty in the flesh right yeah, here. But, right. Or, yeah. or or they expect like, oh, you guys must be like a big band and because mm-hmm. they see maybe a, a music stand or two from a sub or someone mm-hmm. um, and and they think it's going to be like a, a more traditional big band or they just, yeah, they literally have I no idea. I think they idea. have no idea. Yeah. Because especially when, <laughs> Which is, yeah, we'll hit a downbeat and it's like a, uh, it's pretty. I'm getting even like a fat backbeat, and, yeah. and then there's like all this crazy improvising. Yeah, yeah, right, right. 
for these arrangements, this is all original music. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You guys don't play any covers or anything? We do like play that. covers. We do play okay, covers. You do play a couple. Yeah, it helps okay. fill out the set, and we yeah. have only two albums worth of, and some new ones that are on the way of originals. But when we have to play like two to three hours, it's like... We gotta... Yeah, and we have a lot of covers that we really like playing because there's great brass music yeah. out there. And, and great. people also want to hear songs that they know. Yeah. Yes. You like know. we've been playing Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, Grande. Mm-hmm. since... When did Taylor Oof. do that arrangement? No, that's actually by Chris. That was Chris. That's a Chris. See, now I'm getting their, their arrangements mixed up. See, um, we have so many. We've had that for um, maybe two years. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. We started doing a tune called Sunspat, which is technically from like this indie rock band, but has like a, it's an instrumental tune just with their features, all their brass instruments. Mm-hmm. We have Animal Spirits from Wolfpack. Wolfpack. It's been in the rotation. I just did that one recently. It's super fun. It's so good. It's my, fa- it's my favorite. <laughs> it's <fun. laughs> I can say that biased, but. Does the band write together? Like you guys all get into a room and say, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to write? Do you want to play this? Do you want to play this? Mm-hmm. Or is it more like one person in the band goes into a dark room, <laughs> writes everything, arranges everything, and then comes it, to the band with an idea fully formed. Uh, what, what is it for you guys? Do you guys jam more or is it fully formed? I'd say it's closer to the second one, but mm-hmm. usually the ideas aren't fully formed. And for me, I never, like, we, we have collabed on a tune mm-hmm. and, and try to write more regularly. We want to do that now, actually. We um, said we would meet this week. To yeah, we said we would meet literally this week write. about writing more. Uh, <laughs> and a majority of this, the last album was written by um, our old Barry player, Ben Baker. Um, and then the other half of it was mainly written by Ian Hara, our trumpet player. And then just a couple of other tunes, either written by... Uh, Seth and I or TK but mostly it's all like them on their own writing but I think they really um, write for our strengths like yeah like Ben is writing for me or you right not just generally yeah like he knows that I like certain beats and he literally that the beat that I play on Night Lightning Mm -hmm. is as written I don't, wow. I don't skip a beat, mm, to be wow. honest, and I just memorized it. But there's other tunes that, like, some people didn't know how to write drum parts, but they knew right. how to write a melody for Frankie because of her range <laughs> and, like, she has a very, like, the tone or something like yeah. that, you know? And um, so, but also, I think for, for the two of us, at least, and even for other charts, I'm sure mm-hmm. what we've always done is bring in, like, a first draft. Mm-hmm. And the ideas aren't 100%. They feel like, to me, they always feel like 70 to 80% where you're like, I have this thing and I need to see if it works. Mm-hmm. And then everybody in the group gives feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, this doesn't really work for the range of the instrument. You forgot about this. Or what if we did this? Like, what if we tried repeating the bridge at the end or double time chorus or something like that? And and that feedback, like, really Super influenced. helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Baker was probably the person that, like, when you bring a chart in, it's pretty much. It was pretty much there. Ready. It was just like, what attitude can we add to this? Or should we do too many solos? You know, like, yeah. So in general, you feel like everybody is once the person writes the arrangement, brings it in, everybody is kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's eight people, yeah. so like, there's it's a. L- a lot it's, of voices. Yeah, we, we've spent some, like, rehearsals, and we could spend more rehearsals just, like, literally talking. Uh, like, yeah, we're, talking we're just like through. We're just wasting time and, yeah. and talking about the band or, or talking about the arrangements. In the big pie of, of <laughs> the band, 
how much do you feel like is creativity and coming up with new material and feeling that like spark of inspiration versus dealing with ranges of instruments or transposing Mm -hmm. the parts and printing music for everybody and all that kind of stuff. I think it's like 50, 50, because even if I'm like, like I still have like two or three new tunes that I've been like shaking around, like, are these finished? How much more work do they need? And that creative process is like, it's ongoing Mm -hmm. because also what happens with eight people is it's really hard to get all of them together in one place. So whenever we have a rehearsal, we could go off the deep end and talking about this stuff or because everyone has lives, it's like best to just bring in whatever ideas I have, get feedback, Mm -hmm. then go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm writing a tune by myself or if we're collaborating or if it's like more of a, I just want feedback and then I'm going to change the tune. But yeah, it feels like, creative process is like constantly going on mm-hmm. but but the work that happens within that doesn't feel all that hard and it feels like only 50 percent of it because if you have the idea in mind then it's like it's fully formed in your head mm-hmm. it's just executing yeah it's just executing it and trying to i'm really excited to get back into a studio in the next couple of months and do them like some some crazy stuff because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, if you really listen to repilot and like you don't have to listen super hard, but if you if you do some listening, there's a lot of moments of like, this is like a really interesting production moment, or like, what it what is that instrument? Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know. Like there's a bass part going on in tarantula, for instance, and I want someone, if any of your listeners can figure out what that instrument is. It's not a there's a sousaphone, but there's also another one. Mm. There's also another instrument, and if any of your listeners can figure out what it is. Uh, I'll give you like a free CD or something. No, this is a great segue. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to play that one, but th- this is Tarantula is a tune that feels like it has a melody that's mm-hmm. one of those like infectious yeah. little mm-hmm. ditties that like pop into your head when you're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing we have to do constantly. Is, yeah. Is make these melodies that are like are just singable even if they don't have words, but mm-hmm. sometimes they do. Yeah. yeah, definitely. They can like, it can, it has staying power. It yeah. sticks with you for the rest of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you mentioned the, uh, the base. Is there anything else you want to talk about tarantula specifically before we let our listeners take a listen? Uh, just, just in general with that track or with others. I mean, like do some hard listening, like figure out the fact that like, we're in a studio and what, what is going on that more than eight people are probably doing. (laughs) Mm. And, you know, what's, what's the vibe? Like, what do you see this? How do you see this on a stage? How can you like move to this? Um, And you can, you can kind of nerd out and be like, Oh, what's that instrument? What was that rhythm you just played there? But you can also like, this is, this sounds like maybe more than eight people when they're in a studio and there's like (laughs) all this crazy stuff going on, but I don't know. Any, any thoughts for listeners? I don't think so. Naturally. All right. We'll take a listen is. to it. Yeah. This is the song Tarantula by the Largemouth Brass Band.
Your last gig was February 2020 before mm-hmm. this big pause, right? Oh, man. But then you guys recorded Repilot during that time, right? It was actually we, predominantly done. It was before that. Mostly done before that. Yeah, really? we were like winter, okay. like December, January maybe mm-hmm. of 2019 I to 2020. the week that we had planned on like, I don't know, like not finishing up, mm-hmm. but like. It was like maybe the last session. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when everything just shut down. And we're like, yeah. should we do it? Mm-hmm. And then do? we yeah. were like, I guess we shouldn't. So we yeah. didn't. <laughs> So, what are some lessons you feel like you learned from that recording experience and before, too, that you'll use for the next album? I would want, honestly, to just get more creative. That was the process I learned, was, like, Joey is there to help produce and make a sound happen, and Mm -hmm. he has a sound in his mind. But we can also make our own decisions and be like, no, let's double that saxophone, add a quick synthesizer underneath or, you know, get kind of crazy. And and now that we have more of a sound formed and band members that are into it and we're trying to build a scene, it's like, mm-hmm. now, we ha- now we have something we're pushing towards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, on one of the tunes, Currents, like we do, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Joey works some kind of magic where it sounds like we're underwater at some point. And I, that's, yeah, that's the theme is like we're in a yeah. current. Mm. And so, it's this wave that Ian wrote and it's like, yeah. It, well, he that's Ian, also the composer, playing a, a keyboard underneath. Oh, okay. Just See, I didn't the, even, I wasn't yeah. there for that. So oh, I didn't okay, even, yeah. I was like, how are you There's a video that? on probably on Instagram or something <laughs> stupid that, like, uh, there's literally him at a MIDI keyboard, mm-hmm. and he's playing the chords way underneath the trombones. And Joey takes, like, I think, a, like, a, a low pass or some kind of filter sweep to just, like, duck everything underwater. <laughs> and then slowly the synthesizer and the trombones come up out of the surface and there's more instruments layered every single time they take the I think we should do more key. of that stuff. Like, I'm down for it. Ian, do it. Ian plays keyboards. He just, I don't think he wants to bring it to a show. He's, yeah, he's no, trying no, to keep... Yeah, yeah, we don't even have to... <laughs> everyone, everyone but me has a one trip to the car load in and I think they're trying to stick to that. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk him out of it eventually. <laughs> well, it's also like in the studio, um, you put in on all the bells and whistles, yeah. you know, versus your mm-hmm. live show. Do you feel like you're, I feel like listening to Repilot though, your live show can be pretty much authentic yeah. to yeah, what I'm sure. hearing, yeah. you know, on the record. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is the future of the band? Would you say? Another the record. Part, yeah. Another record. The mm-hmm. best answer would just maybe be Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like laying, keeping like roots here and, and keeping a scene here. We talked about this a lot, like trying to make our, our scene, our, our brass scene, which is a term that I think I've stolen from. Uh, no BS. No BS. Yeah, yeah. They have like a track called no, no. Uh, brass scene yeah. kids yeah, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Where we're um, much to the credit of the hunter tones. Like there is a scene for music like this mm-hmm. and it does happen and it is super fun. Yeah, I would say just, like, I think one something really cool that we do is kind of um, not going outside of this box that maybe we're put in. Like, oh, that's a that's a marching band or that's a yeah. jazz band. Like, mm-hmm. we're... And we're there to put on a show now. Yeah. I and mean, that's what we've been trying to do this year mm-hmm. since our release show, was, which was, like, our first kickoff thing of mm-hmm. this, of this, like, crazy 
gig season with, you know, wearing masks or not wearing masks and all this stuff, but like was we're trying to, we need to make a show. We need to make an actual show for people rather than just like a set of tunes. And then we go from one to the other. Like mm-hmm. we need to make a thing for people to watch and to enjoy and mm-hmm. dance. And, and uh, broadening, you know, people's view of our instruments. Like, yeah. Yeah, the that, trumpet doesn't ju- it doesn't only belong in an orchestra, mm-hmm. and like these instruments don't have to be like nerdy or like yeah, it's you not know. just band instruments, and uh, they're also not only associated with jazz, which is why we'll yeah. play like a pop cover. We're like, wow, Ariana Grande on a trumpet and a saxophone. Mm-hmm. Whoa, what's that? What great albums are you listening to right now, or books that you're reading, or yeah. movies and TV shows? Mm-hmm. I've been going back to Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> Rewatching Game of Thrones. Well, I'd actually never seen it before, but I have so many friends that have recommended it and got HBO in the pandemic to watch movies from home and stuff like that. So getting way too into that. <laughs> Just watching people die every episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? All your favorite characters. <laughs> I wanted to leave in the first season. I was just so pissed off. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Start with TV shows, yeah. I don't books. know. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I watch weird stuff, so. Oh, that's fine. What are you watching? <laughs> um, I'm, like, super into, like, docuseries. I don't know. Yeah. Like, right now I'm watching. It's kind of messed up. So maybe I won't talk about it, but. Um, <laughs> very serious. Yeah, very kinda, serious. Like, like, true crime kind of stuff? Yeah, like, true crime okay, kind of yeah. stuff. And I don't, I'm not really even into true crime like that. So, but, um. Yeah, just learning about things that are happening in the world. If yeah. I can, um, yeah, <laughs> things we're things we're listening to. Yeah, so any th- any new albums that you're listening to? I was listening to the new Lawrence record, uh, which is Hotel TV. I'm still trying to approve of it because I was really into Living Room and Bre- and Breakfast. I think, mm. uh, and this one is got. Not a different vibe because it's still to them, but like it's it's kind of it's definitely like a more produced sound. What style of music is it's it? Basically, I would just say New York funk. Okay, and it's got like they got a like two vocalists that have this really amazing like soul sound, and one of the vocalists plays keyboards, and they have three horns always, like two sax and a trumpet, and then a, just a killer rhythm section. It's very, very good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Lawrence is called the band. And then, I don't know, I try not to listen to too many brass bands, but uh-huh. when I'm writing stuff, I sometimes need yeah. to hear... the inspiration. Yeah, inspiration or like, oh, that beat works so well with a trombone <laughs> melody like that, and I just like get influenced, and then I try mm-hmm. to not listen to it for a week so I can write something that's not the same. Yeah, right. Kind of put that technique in your back pocket. Right, and like right. Just, just pull it out when the time is right. Just try to, like, put it into my subconscious. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't even know that I'm writing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What else have I been listening to? What have you been listening to? Um, well, in terms of something similar to what we do, I had, like, a huge Moon Hooch fa- uh, face. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Ooh, it's this. Check them out. Yeah, you, it's there's nothing like it. It's these two saxophones, <laughs> and they're you they're playing like a bass saxophone, so that's lower than a berry. Yeah, and then a tenor. Does he switch to berry? They'll too? switch, and yeah. then there's like an alto yeah. clarinet or bass. Cla- I don't even this really weird looking. And clarinet. then this crazy drummer. Yeah, like, they're all insane. They're honestly, all insane. But. The, and it's just... I, I saw them live at Nelsonville. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're going to be coming to town in, like, October or something. It's amazing. It's basically, and, like, 
dance beats? It's like, like club house music. I don't even know what. It's yeah. like I think they call it. Do they call it brass house or house brass? Bra- or brass house. Brass house. That sounds yeah. right. That's probably the best description because the drummer is constantly doing like four on the floor mm-hmm. and 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 heavy heavy backbeat, but he's also doing like the most insane. Not like super, I guess, like choppy fills. Yeah. You know, I'll describe it that way. Um, oh, uh, Theo Katzman. Mm-hmm. You ever listen to his? Tech. Yeah, you ever listen to his solo records? Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Hmm. It's so good. good He's stuff. such a great singer and songwriter, uh, and he plays everything, everything like like everyone in that band. Yeah. Which is also a big influence of mine. Where like we try to do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a soft spot for albums where the person plays all the instruments oh, yeah. yes like that's definitely uh, i i i really dig yeah dig that stuff because it's you it's especially if somebody wrote all the music because yeah. it because you write it and you get complete control from the conception of the idea to the final yeah. like every instrument and everything have you, you listened know? to eli maxwell, chambers maxwell hedron oh yeah it's yeah. so good and, mm-hmm. and like i'm in the live band for that but if you listen to that record, that is Eli on every, every note. Yeah, like I just went in the studio a couple times to just like sit there and watch and enjoy because mm-hmm. he like get out a Hofner bass and play a cool bass line, go play drums, yeah. do harmonies, and he's just it's yeah he just plays. Shout out to Maxwell Hedron. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys uh, so much for being on the podcast. Um, can you tell? Our listeners, where to find the latest info about the band? Largemouthbrass.com. Instagram. Facebook. Uh, Yeah, just follow us online anywhere. Spotify, Bandcamp. We release all the stuff on, you know, pretty much all platforms at once, like a lot of people do. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into the BPL podcast today. I hope you enjoyed. To find out more about the Bexley Public Library, including upcoming events, visit our website, bexleylibrary.org, or the handle at bexleylibrary across all social media platforms. If you like what you heard, please help us grow by telling a friend. Rate us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, of other great local music to highlight, please email me at podcast at bexleylibrary.org. Thank you.
Thank you. 